How can you make a difference on this crazy planet? Listen to nature-inspired stories and interviews with environmental educators for some new ideas. Sustainable Living News writer, nature walker, and youth educator Wendy Natterney Fashon hosts the Story Walking Radio Hour to talk about issues that matter and to introduce you to people who are coming up with creative, sensible solutions. Let's engage with Earth, with spirit, and with one another heart-to-heart to solve problems and co-create more meaningful life stories. Tune in to Nature's Loving Vibes every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. here on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Welcome to the Story Walking Radio Hour. I'm your host, Wendy Natterney Fashon, here on the syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. For a full schedule of this inspiring network's programming, Go to DreamVision7, that's numeral 7, radio.com. You'll find the Story Walking Radio Hour show listed under the Sustainable Living tab, or you can access it through my website at storywalking.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Natural Awakenings Greater Boston, Rhode Island Magazine, which presents the latest news and information on natural wellness, creative expression, personal growth, and sustainable living. The theme of the current issue is Uplifting Humanity. And with this in mind today, my guest Pam Padalano and I will be talking about hope and the power of agency. Pam is a holistic and spiritual practitioner, environmental activist, community organizer, podcaster, realtor, and mother to five children. Pam has always had a calling to help people and to be a part of healing this world in which we must harmoniously coexist to create a better earth for all of us. She's been involved in many community endeavors to help preserve forests, the rights of others, and food security. She engages politically working with lawmakers to create sane legislation. Over the past two years, Pam has made a concerted effort to help educate people mitigate the toxicity in our communities, our country, and our world. She empowers people to take action and responsibility for the changes we need to take place for the survival of humanity and this earth. Pam's mission and mine are strongly aligned, and this is what brings us together to create this conversation about the power of agency. Typically, the word agency may conjure up the image of a regulatory group, like the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, or a secret intelligence operation, like the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA. And increasingly, increasingly, we're hearing the term captured agency. Captured agency is a political term which describes a government department, commission, or other administrative body that has been taken over by a careless, dishonest, and self-interested group of people who wield their power in pursuit of profit and control with complete disregard for the negative effects of their actions on the environment, on social equity, and on the greater good of society. Perhaps some of you are familiar with Oliver Anthony's latest hit single, Rich Men North of Richmond, which refers to the nexus of state and corporate power that resides inside the Washington, D.C. Beltway, 110 miles north of Richmond, Virginia. 
The song rocketed to the number one spot on the charts in August, amassing more than 66 million views on YouTube, signifying an awakening that is already well underway. The EPA, FDA, USDA, FCC, and SEC are all on a very long list of alphabet agencies that have been captured by large corporations and major industry players. So what do we mean by the power of agency? Well, the true sense of the word agency is the ability to take action or to choose what action to take. And Pam will add, to take action and responsibility for the changes we need to take place for the survival of humanity and this earth. Back in 2009, I was trying to make a living as an independent health insurance agent, helping small businesses and individuals find more affordable health care coverage. At the time, the country was experiencing a recession and a major health care crisis, which made my job really tough. Since 9-11, which had been, oh gosh, eight years before that, I'd become aware of the existence of political corrupt puppeteers, as I would call them, and I could see their results firsthand. And the best way to describe what I saw was at that time, 2009, I was just seeing this, like the economy, the environment, and physical and mental and spiritual health all kind of tangled up with one another and tumbling in a downward spiral. And there seemed to be little I could do to change this as just one individual. But then... As I began sinking into a dark and discouraging hole with my career and with all these thoughts about what was going on, I ended up taking a leap of faith and called for angels to come and help me. Now, I know at the time it seemed a bit silly because I really had given little thought to angels before then. I wasn't sure if they were real, and yet I didn't know what else to do. And as it turned out, that call for the intervention of angelic guidance was a magical turning point for me. By taking that one simple action of inviting angels into my life and choosing to believe in them, I began to assume the power of agency. In response to my call for help, I received an angel message through a friend who was a spiritual medium. Her message instructed me to walk, keep walking, and keep my eyes open for gifts, gifts of guidance. And by following these simple instructions, I cultivated story walking and the art of recognizing divine guidance. Now, I'm only human, and so while I'm unable to actually see or hear the voices of angels. I am now aware of the visible signs that they place along my path to lead me along. My heavenly angels and I communicate through what I would call more like silent thoughts or what my son would have called, uh, was it, mentalese. And also with an unusual and playful secret code. The, these heavenly angels help me connect with my earthly angels. These are real people, many of whom I have had similar experiences to me and who now follow a similar faith and divine guidance. 
And I use the Story Walking Radio Hour to introduce you to them. And I invite them to share their stories and their work. These are the people who are shining their light through the darkness, shedding light on the truth, revealing the need for change, and showing us what we can do to aid in that change. These are people who have acquired the power of agency. Before bringing Pam into this conversation, I'm going to begin with a story, as I always do. And today's story, titled Higher Intelligence, was drawn from my ebook, The Difference Maker. The purpose of sharing the story is to illustrate this process of angel communication. It's a playful story with a touch of intrigue and a little touch of darkness, examples of transcendent communication, and an angel message about the power of agency. If you have a pencil and paper handy, it might help you to follow the coded wordplay involved in the story and maybe scribble some notes and some personal reflections. So, okay, here we go. Early during his sophomore year of high school, I took my son Neil on a weekend adventure to Chicago to visit Grandpa Ferd and Grandma Ellie. As we walked through the airport toward the baggage area, I pulled out my cell phone and dialed the limousine service number Grandma had given me, 847-852-0007. And I asked for Yuri. A thickly accented male voice on the other end of the line asked me to look for limousine number 007 outside the terminal building. 007? Sure enough, we found a car with the number 007 attached to the windshield. The driver stepped out and introduced himself with a heavy Russian accent. I am Leo. It felt as if we had stepped onto the pages of a James Bond spy novel. Grandma and Grandpa liked using Yuri's limousine service to transport themselves and visitors back and forth to the airport. Grandpa was no longer able to drive, and the last time they had ordered uh, the service for someone, there had been some confusion. Grandma had given a woman who had been helping her take care of Grandpa. She'd given her $50 to pay the driver, Leo. But when the limo arrived at the airport, the woman got out of the limo and she slipped away without paying, never to be seen again. To stay in the good graces of Yuri's limo service, my mother planned to pay Leo the $50 that was owed him when he dropped us off at the house. So Neil and I settled back into the seat of the limo, and the driver drove us out and away from the airport. As we sped off onto the interstate highway, I considered the facts of our situation, toyed with these facts, and started to play a little word game. 007, hmm, secret intelligence service. Yuri, Leo, Grandma owing money. Grandma's name is Ellie, E-L-L-I-E. The seemingly random bits of information jostled around in my head and reorganized themselves into a new semblance of order. Neil, I said. Ellie owes 50. Huh? replied Neil. Grandma owes Leo $50. Ellie owes 50, I said. Then I proceeded to lay out my wacky analysis on a piece of paper. Ellie 
is spelled L-E in letter code. L-L-I-E is spelled L-E. I pulled and took that scrap of paper and I wrote some letters and numbers. L-E-O's 50. So the letter L, letter E, letter O, the little F, and then 50. I continue explaining. Our number driver is named Leo. L-E-O spells Leo's name. So L-E-O's 50 translates into Leo's 50. Neil gave me a you are nuts look as I wrote the letters. Why you are why for Yuri. I said, look, Yuri. Yuri is the name of the man who owns the limousine service. See the letters U and R between the two Y's? You are among the Y's. And then I wrote you, why you are among the Y's, M-Y-S-E. Neil looked at the paper and replied, you are completely nuts, Mom. How did you come up with these things? I don't know, I replied. But I'm thinking that. And remember my third grade teacher, Miss Fridley, who introduced our class to homonyms, words or word combinations that sound alike that have different spellings, like there, there, and there, P-H-E-I-R, P-H-E-R-E, and T-H-E-Y apostrophe R-E. This simply made the learning fun by teaching us a homonym game. And then my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Donnelly, who stretched our young minds with immense puzzles. And while I rarely got the right answer, I was fascinated with the solutions when she shared them with the class. What is Mensa? Well, according to popular science, it's an exclusive society for individuals who score in the 98th percentile or higher on a pre-approved intelligence test. What is intelligence? Intelligence is many things, including information gathering, logical reasoning, creative or critical thinking, and puzzle or problem solving. When we arrived at Grandma and Grandpa's, Neil and I dropped our bag to hug Grandma as she stepped out the front door of their cottage. While she took care of paying Leo, Neil and I walked into the living room to greet Grandpa, who was seated in his favorite chair. After a hug and a kiss, I sat down, down on the couch across from Grandpa, and something caught my eye. The magazine lying on the coffee table in front of me. I gasped, not believing my eyes. The word spy masters jumped off the center of the cover. The magazine was the latest issue of Grandpa's Yale Alumni Magazine. Underneath by master, ma- masters in slightly smaller letters, I read three espionage novelists on what it takes to write a thriller. I held up the magazine cover for Neil to see, and he raised an arched eyebrow. Something suspicious was going on, and I was on alert, keeping my eyes and ears open. The following day, Sunday, Grandpa invited me to attend Vespers service over at the main building of their retirement community. Vespers is a late afternoon service presented by a chaplain. A chaplain can be a minister, priest, rabbi, or even a Buddhist teacher. Vesper, by no small coincidence, is the name of James Bond's secret co-agent in the book Casino Royale. Neil remained back at the house with Grandma while I walked over the main building to attend Vespers with Grandpa. 
to walk alongside him as he drove his wheelchair. Grandpa had played football in his college years at Yale, and through the years he'd suffered an increase in back pain resulting from sports injuries. In later years, his spinal problems developed into neuropathy, a gradual deterioration of the nervous system that began with numbness in one foot. As the disease progressed, Grandpa reluctantly accepted the support of a cane, then a walker, and finally a wheelchair. As we entered the veil room and were handed a copy of the Vesper Service Program, um, I, I took a look at it. And the sermon being, was being delivered by Reverend Andrew Rosencrantz, and it was titled, The Art of Recognizing Angels. The Art of Recognizing Angels. And on the cover was an illustration of Peter and the angel. I studied the program further. The first Bible reading cited Judges 6, a story about Gideon and an angel that came to tell him he had been commissioned by God to lead the resistance. The second Bible reading cited Acts 12, the story about Peter and an angel releasing him from his chains and sneaking him out of prison. The stories of Peter and Gideon coincide with some of the darkest times in history. Both men were acting against oppressive regimes, and in both instances, angels stepped in to help. In both stories, these angels had not been recognized as angels until they vanished from sight. In his sermon, the reverend stated, Sometimes we come to moments of crisis when an angelic intervention is urgently needed. Sometimes God is with us in ways we only recognize after the fact. And perhaps one of the ways God sometimes chooses to be with us is through the agency of something we call, for lack of a better term, a guardian angel. My ears perked up at the mention of the word agency. And I imagined a secret agency comprised of angels and God sending an angel down to help Peter escape. The Reverend went on to define angels as messengers and to identify Peter himself as an angel messenger. Then he stated, sometimes we are called to be the angels that bear God's message of good news to people in their own times of darkness and in their own moments of crisis. He concluded his sermon by exclaiming, be an angel. Let your message of good news be the light that helps dispel someone's darkness. Because the way God chooses to be present in someone's moment of crisis is through angelic messengers like us. Amen. The Vesper service has been held in the Veil Room, V-A-I-L. In playing a little homonym game, I thought about the word Veil, V-E-I-L, which means to conceal, hide, or disguise. And we often talk about angels hidden beyond a veil, yet keeping watch over us. I told Neil about the Vesper services later that afternoon. We were whisked away in Yuri's limousine back to the airport to fly home. The limo's driver, limo driver's name was Theo, not Leo, Theo. He was a Romanian and no relations with Leo. And I knew <laughs> Theo and Leo. And I thought more about the notion of a secret agency comprised also of angelic souls incarnated in human bodies to carry out individual mission assignments 
here on earth. Well, CEO Leo, Reverend Rosencrantz, or even Grandpa, members of this agency? Could, could I be a member of this agency? And how about Neil? And what if each of us were born to the role of an independent agent serving a greater collective? Perhaps we all belong to something so much bigger than our individual selves. This is what we're here to talk about today on the Story Walking Radio Hour. Again, this story was an excerpt from my ebook, The Difference Maker, which you can download from my website um, on storywalking.com. Okay. Uh, so, all right, let's bring Pam um, on into the conversation. Welcome, Pam. I am so excited to have you with us here today. And I just, um, gosh, I guess one of the first things I want to say is, do you have any reflections to share about my angel story? Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> good, good. Thank you for having me on today. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. I was I was um I was smiling when you were talking about the um the angels and, you know, the story that went went along with it cuz we've had some conversations about these very things. So it's nice to hear like-minded individuals. Yes, right? <laughs> for sure. Yes. Yeah. So um, let's begin where I always like to begin, with your story. How do you practice the power of agency in your life? You know, sort of tell us how you came to, you know, do, you wear many hats and all the different things that you do and sort of how you got there. Um, well, you know, I come from a uh, very tumultuous childhood. And, you know, even when I was a young child, I felt, I felt, you know, the otherworldly presence around me, and I just never felt like everybody else. Um, and I knew, like, I always had this strong urge to get out into the world and and make changes, um, much to my family's chagrin. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, it was just a sense of, I don't even know where it came from, but it was always there, always there. Um, you know, and as I got older, I would kind of always be the leader of the bunch, you know. Um, and when people said it couldn't be done, I would make sure that it got done. And I didn't have any kind of, like, apprehension about it, and I should have as a 10-year-old, <laughs> but I didn't. Um, it was just something that I knew that I had to take and run with it. Um, and my life was always, you know, weaving in and out of the spiritual realm. Um, angels were a big part of my life when I was a child. And as I got older, it just got really strong. Um, and even as I get older and I had children, you know, you would have to be the voice sometimes when you didn't feel like things were going the way they should be going. Um, and my youngest child is uh, on the autism spectrum. And, you know, all of that, all of that build up till that time, I had a lot of experience with, you know, speaking up and making sure things got the, done the right way and, and all of that. So for 17 years, basically I was his voice um, with the school, with the doctors, with, with all of that, um, you know, and, and I lived in a community in Rhode Island that, um, you know, we had to do a lot of environmental um, 
activism. Um, and I, I just gained so much experience and knowledge through that. And then, you know, as I, even with my holistic practice, we do a lot of, um, we do a lot of like food um, coaching and helping people learn how to, you know, grow their own food and take responsibility for their, um, for their life and their health. And, you know, um, because you hear a lot of stories of, oh, well, you know, the doctor told me this, the doctor told me that, I, you know, I don't feel good. And, and you know, what, meanwhile, they're munching on a, you know, burrito from Taco Bell. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was a strong urge to be like, you know, and I'm very blunt. You know me. I, I, I say it yeah. like it is. And, you know, <laughs> you have to take responsibility because nobody else is going to fix anything for you. You need to step right. up to the plate and do it yourself. Um, so a lot of the work that I do now is about empowering my clients to take, to take that step, to take responsibility. Um, you know, we're not here to blame everybody else. We need to look at ourselves, look within ourselves, and say, what did I do or what didn't I do? Um, right, and it's pretty right. empowering because people don't realize they can do it. They've never been yeah. empowered to do it. And, and you know what, Wendy, the bottom line is they just need permission. They just have to hear that they ha- you can do this. You take it. You do it. That's what they need. And it's, it's made a huge difference. made a huge difference with people, and I see it in my clients and, you know, friends and things like that. So, Okay. Um, well, we're going to take a break real quick and we'll come back to that, okay? Because I think okay. it's a really important point. All right, so it's time for a first station break. I'm your host, Wendy Nanny-Bashan, here on the syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network, and you're listening to the Storywalking Radio Hour. The purpose and mission of the Storywalking Radio Hour is to open minds and foster positive difference-making here on planet Earth. Learn more about Storywalking, and um, you can find us on the storywalking.com website. And, okay, we are going to be back in a minute to talk about the power of agency with our guest, Sam Padalano. We'll be back in, in a minute. How can you make a difference on this crazy planet? Listen to nature-inspired stories and interviews with environmental educators for some new ideas. Sustainable Living News writer, nature walker, and youth educator Wendy Natterney Fashon hosts the Story Walking Radio Hour to talk about issues that matter and to introduce you to people who are coming up with creative, sensible solutions. Let's engage with Earth, with spirit, and with one another, heart to heart, to solve problems and co-create more meaningful life stories. Tune in to Nature's Loving Vibes every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. here on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. How can parents help their teenage children navigate the challenging years between childhood and adulthood? How might parents continue to gently exert a positive influence during this critical stage of growth and development? Read The Difference Maker. Written by parent and story-walking radio host, Wendy Natterney Fashan, this book shares the story of her late son, Neil, their relationship, and the wisdom of an enlightened teenager. The Difference Maker is a coming-of-age collection of stories that parents can share and discuss with their kids. Go to the storywalking.com website, download The Difference Maker, and become inspired. Why would God design a heart-shaped flower that cries? 
In a picture book titled The Angel Heart, a curious child picks such a flower and carefully pulls it apart, one poetic petal at a time, to reveal the answer. Discover the miracle of the heart and its role in providing comfort, joy, and peace. Written in the language of love, this uplifting story is sure to open up conversations about emotions, spiritual beliefs, the circle of life, or even fairy magic. Give your favorite child the gift of love. The Angel Heart by Wendy Natterney Fashan. Available through Amazon and Balboa Press. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back to the Story Walking Radio Hour here on the syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. I'm your host, Wendy Natterney Fashon, and we're talking about hope and the power of agency with Pam Padalano, holistic and spiritual practitioner, environmental activist, community organizer, podcaster, and realtor. Okay, Pamela, so we're um, talking about giving people permission, and I thought, you know, I'd like you to delve into that a little bit more and maybe get into some specifics. Okay, I can definitely do that. Um, so what I mean by that is that, you know, people in, in our day and age have been basically suppressed um, or they feel suppressed and afraid and there's a lot of fear there, um, whether it be, you know, from the government, from the church, from their peers. Um, so people are afraid to step on somebody's toes and they feel like they have to walk on eggshells and they feel like they can't go out and make a change because somebody might hear them and then what will happen. So about permission is like people need to hear that. They need to say, you can do this. You don't need basically anybody's permission. But you have that you have that force inside of you. You need to give yourself permission to go out and do this. And it empowers them. It, it empowers them. It takes away the fear. It makes them feel like they can make the changes that they want because I both know that we can't depend on anybody else to make those changes for us. We have to do it. And we have to be ready to do it. And part of, the, and part of that readiness is about giving ourselves permission to go ahead and do what needs to be done. And that's yeah. what I meant by permission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, for as an example, growing your own food or um, maybe, you know, sort of delve into that a little bit and some of the work you've done there. Oh, sure, sure. So I actually, about four years ago, um, went to URI and got my um, Master Gardener certification because you know i've always had <laughs> i've always had gardens and you know and 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 in the past probably 10 years really studied about um the food insecurities um and i see like through even through the government systems the food that they supply to people who are um you know on certain government programs and all of that and the food was absolutely horrendous 
full yeah. of nitrates and sodium and fat and anything that would cause disease, right? And so we have this whole other sector of that where people were getting sick. And it's almost like it was designed that way, right? So they're dependent on the, right. on the medical system. They're dependent on pharmaceuticals. They're dependent on all of this. And, and they think that that's the way it has to be, that there's no other options, right? And so, again, about empowering people and saying, no, listen, I can show you how to grow a garden. I can show you how to plant food so that you have food all year long, good and nutritious food that you grew yourself they're, that don't have, like they're not genetically modified and there's no pesticides on it. So you know the food that you're putting into your body is healthy. And, and by doing that, it makes them think, you know, twice before they call the doctor because they have a pain in their back or the foot hurts or, or whatever because eating healthy, healthier, I should say, um, they wouldn't have those medical issues, some of those medical issues, right? So right. they wouldn't be so dependent right. on, on their primary care physician and going to the emergency room and, you know, whatever drugs the, the, their particular doctor prescribes for them. They wouldn't even need that stuff if they could learn how to take charge of their lives, take charge of, their, of their, uh, what they put into their bodies. Uh, and I'm right. not saying this can be done with everybody. Obviously, people that live in big cities, you know, they probably don't have a lot of land to um, grow food on. But, you know, you don't need a lot of land. You need 100 square feet, 100 square feet, and you can grow a food, enough food for one year. Um, oh, so there's it's container about, gardening. It's a, yep. Yes, exactly. Container gardening, so about, like that. It's, a, yeah. it's about educating, right, educating people that they have the power to do this. And mm -hmm. It, it, it's it, it, maybe sometimes it's one person at a time. It could be a whole community at a time. It could be a whole city um, that has a community garden, you know. So not everybody knows about this, so it's about educating people about that very thing. And I think that yeah. is so important and so empowering, and, and it sets this wonderful precedent for, like, the next generations, right? Because they see their parents doing it. So they're not reliant on the system and they're not reliant on pharmaceuticals and they're not reliant on all the things that have been kind of holding them down for what, 50 years, 60 years? Yeah, more um, than that, so, yeah. Yes, so <laughs> I'm, I'm really passionate about that um, and I'm willing to talk about it to, like when my clients come in and you know tell me about their ailments. Um, we talk about all of that stuff. We look at what they're eating. We're looking at the alternatives that they should be eating and, you know, what kind of med medications are you on? You know, some people give me a list of 17 medications and I'm just like, wow. I said, we could, we could, yeah. just, by, just by changing your diet and eating healthy, you probably could get rid of half of those medications. Easily. And they Easily. don't, I mean, they don't, yeah. right, and they don't, they don't know because They've been relying on the medical system all this time, and, and they weren't educated on the other side of that, which is, you know, men, your, your mental attitude and the food that you eat and people you choose to surround yourself with. All of that has impact, all of it. And all that you do have control over, right? Yep, absolutely. I mean, if you exercise and you take the power and, you know, the power of control, your own control over all of that and the choices that you make. Um, you know, our last episode, we talked about, um, we featured more healing kitchen and how um, the creation of food for healing and just all the healing properties of real food 
right? Right. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Then, but then you look at all these pharmaceutical ads that, that permeate our advertising on TV. I mean, I don't know, like 70% it seems like ads are pharmaceutical ads. And, um, and you listen to all the side effects and you go, why would I, why, why would I, why would I want to even take any of that, you know? Um, there's right. too much risk involved. You just, just stick to the healthy, pure food that's grown by local farmers, you know, organically. There's choices whether you grow it yourself or where you can, you, know, you and I can certainly direct people towards resources where they could, could purchase healthy food, right? Um, Absolutely. Farmers markets, like local community farmers markets. I mean, it's really, mm-hmm. it's really that simple. Like, go to your farmer's market. They're everywhere, and they're plentiful. And, you know, some people don't even realize that that, that exists, that it's a thing. And the conversation I've had, I just sometimes I just shake my head like, okay, it's 2023. How do we not realize this? And how do we not? Well, there's a lot of reasons why we don't because, you know, when people are living in a depressed community, maybe that stuff isn't available and maybe we bring it there. Maybe we start a program. Like there's so many things that we can do to help these people become mm-hmm. healthy and, you know, own and take responsibility for their own health. Right. You know, I think that's so important to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Yeah. So, so I'm going to sort of switch gears here. Um, you're a mother of five kids, okay, and yeah. um, I'm just wondering, you know, how, how as a parent, I, I feel like, because I'm the same way, you know, how do I raise my own kids to, you know, get them conscious of these food choices and all these other choices that they have in their lives and, you know, there's, um, you know, how to avoid the toxicity that seems to be all around us. And that toxicity isn't just you know, have, have anything to do with food or, or pharmaceuticals. I mean, it, you know, or, or what's, what's been put in our water. It's also the way that people treat each other. Uh, some people can just be very uh, a toxic influence on other people just because they're, they're mean, they're nasty. I mean, just all of that. And as we raise our kids, at least I find, I'm trying to, um, you know, show my kids how they can make good choices, whether it be food, whether it be friends, you know, all that kind of thing. Just wondering, with, with your own kids, how have you found that? Um, oh, that's an interesting question, but I appreciate it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so um, I, when growing up, like, I never even went to a fast food restaurant until I was 18. Never, never, ever, ever. Um, so I come from a culture that we made everything from scratch. And the ingredients were always fresh. Um, and I noticed, even with my kids, when I started having kids, I, like I, I nursed all my children, all five of them, and um, they really never got sick as kids. They didn't have any of those major childhood diseases, right? So that was a big eye-opener, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, a, it's an interesting perspective because I know for a while – um, the medical community was discouraging mothers from nursing, right, back in the 60s and 70s. Um, and that was basically probably our, our generation. Uh, and I, my mom, I, yeah. Right, and so the kids, like, yeah. I mean, my kids did all did well in school. Um, they weren't out because they were sick. There was a big difference between my children who were nursed and some of the other kids who weren't, right? So that's a that's mm-hmm. a whole different avenue that, you know, we, we need to educate people on before they decide to have children, right? So they can think about 
the outcome of that. Um, and Absolutely. then teaching them how to cook healthy foods, teaching them, like when we go to the grocery store, what to look for. Um, make sure that you buy produce that has a nine on the label or an eight and, and not a four and not a three, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I dove into all of that with, with my kids because I wanted them to understand that, like, you know, anything that comes in a box is going to have chemicals in it. And, and I'm not saying we didn't have that in the house from time to time. And believe me, when I brought something like that home, they got all excited. So, uh, and it was on our, and it was a rare treat. Uh, so, mm-hmm. but they've learned to to cook for themselves, to uh, make sure. I mean, two of my daughters are vegetarians because they didn't even like what was happening with with the, the meat supply in our country. So it like it set something up in their brain. So as they become adults, because they're all adults now, that's the way they think as well. So it's it's really about setting an example. And yeah. and you can't yeah. just set an example, but you have to let them know, okay, so if we if you live this way, this is how your health and your life will progress. If you live if you choose to live this way, because we all have free will, there's a lot of disease that comes along with that. And you need to understand that, right? So they're all very aware of this now. And it's we had a huge conversation at Thanksgiving yesterday about this very topic. So it was kind oh, of funny. Okay. I was I was laughing like, wow, they actually listened to me. I can't believe that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so I don't know. Again, it goes back to empowering people and and you know letting them know that this is there there are alternatives. It's not just what you know, is out there on the TV or the pharmaceutical companies or, you know, the drugs that the doctor wants to prescribe you. Ask the doctor, are there other ways that I can get my cholesterol down besides mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. medication? Like, ask that right. question. Put them on the spot. That's what they're there mm-hmm. for. You know, so people are afraid to rock the boat. I say yeah. rock the boat. Well, get out mm-hmm. there and rock the boat. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, we're coming up on another break. Listeners, thank okay. you for joining us here on the Story Walking Radio Hour. Um, please help us grow our community listeners and difference makers so we can work together to build a better world. All the Story Walking podcasts are free online. Go to the storywalking.com website to learn more. I'm your host, Wendy Nanny Fashon, and we're talking about hope and the power of agency with Pam Padalano, holistic and spiritual practitioner, environmental activist, community organizer, podcaster, and realtor. realtor. And our conversation will continue after the station break. How can you make a difference on this crazy planet? Listen to nature-inspired stories and interviews with environmental educators for some new ideas. Sustainable Living News writer, nature walker, and youth educator Wendy Natterney Fashon hosts the Story Walking Radio Hour to talk about issues that matter and to introduce you to people who are coming up with creative, sensible solutions. Let's engage with Earth, with spirit, and with one another heart-to-heart to to solve problems and co-create more meaningful life stories. Tune in to Nature's Loving Vibes every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. here on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. 
Delight your kids with an enchanting journey by reading the Paper Dog Kids children's book by Deborah Beauvais and Janine Sullivan. There's even a catchy tune, Kids for Love Song, produced by Bob Sherwood and sung by kids just like yours. The story weaves around seven paper dolls flying around the world doing good deeds as they bring important attention to our endangered animal friends. There's even a magical ring with a universal message. Kids become interested in service projects, action through compassion, and planting seeds that nurture positive change. The Paper Doll Kids and Kids for Love Song are a production of the Kids for Love Project. Get the book now on Amazon Kindle and the song on CD Baby or iTunes. High school student Neil Fashan dreamed of leading other young people away from hopelessness to helpfulness, from loneliness to friendship, and from inertia to difference-making. Then, in college, he was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. After Neil died at age 20, his mother, Wendy, began to sort through the memorabilia he'd accumulated over the years. Artwork, notebooks, journals, personal notes, and letters. She's assembled these memories into a timely ebook called The Difference Maker. Parents and teens will appreciate this collection of stories about kindness, resilience, faith, and love. Go to thestorywalking.com website, download The Difference Maker, and become inspired. Edesia is a U.S. nonprofit dedicated to the dream of ending childhood malnutrition for millions of children around the world. Through the manufacture of Plumpy Nut and other nutrient-rich, peanut-based, ready-to-use foods, Edesia has already delivered life and hope to nearly 1 million children in over 26 developing countries. To find out how you can join Edesia's dream of ending childhood malnutrition, please visit ediciaglobal.org. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. We're back with the Story Walking Radio Hour here on the syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. I'm your host, Wendy Narnie-Fashon, and we're talking about the hope and the power of agency with Pam Catalano. All right, so um, we've been talking about some of the changes and the power we can take within our own lives, our sort of day-to-day choices with, um, um, you know, food, friends, and all that kind of thing. But... Going up to the next level, um, how we can affect change at a higher level within our communities. Pam, I was hoping you could speak to that, how, how we get engaged and exercise that kind of power of agency. Oh, sure, sure. I can definitely speak to that. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that I've, I've done in the past was I was working within my community when I first moved to Connecticut, um, and there was an issue with the state of Connecticut was trying to put this, like, 50,000-square-foot facility in the middle of the pristine Patchogue Forest. Um, and so I had just moved there, and, you know, I was talking to some of the community members, and I said, is everybody okay with this? Like, we're losing 28,000 acres of land, like people hike and bike and, you know, Boy Scouts go there and Girl Scouts go there. All, it's, it's used for all kinds of things. Animals live there, by the way. And, uh, you know, everybody 
like, no, well, you know, nothing's ever going to change, so why bother fighting it? <laughs> and that's all I had to hear because I was like, no, 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 no. We need to take action. So I got a group of community members together, 500 to be exact, and we fought for three long years. And one of the things that we had to do is make friends with the um, the senators in our area, the congressmen in our area, and we spent a lot of time together. We spent a lot of time coming up with a plan, uh, and they were willing to help because, you know, by that time I had um, gathered all the media in the local area together, and it was constantly in the news, constantly on the television, um, and I don't think anybody involved wanted bad publicity. So no matter if they agreed or not, they agreed to help us. Um, so we fought it for three years, and at the end of the three years, it was the new governor. Um, I received a phone call on January 19th, and he said, uh, this is so-and-so. I won't give names, but I, you know, I said, he goes, are you sitting down? I said, yes. He goes, I just killed this project in your town. And it was because we nagged him for seven months while he was running for office. Um, but it was about like empowering all these people to take action. We wrote over 5,000 letters to the departments that we needed to address them to. Um, and, you know, it was, it was interesting to watch all these people take responsibility for something that they didn't want to see in their town. It was amazing because it went from, oh, nothing's going to change. We're not going to do anything to you know, this crazy celebration in February of of what these people, these common people accomplished. And I'm not taking credit for the whole project, believe me. There were so many people involved. We were like I said, we we had rallies, we went for to Hartford, we testified on all these bills that the senators put forth, that the congressmen put forth. Um he was a big voice for us. So you know, they don't know what they don't know until you show up, right? So it's about, right, again, absolutely. right? So they don't know who you are. They don't know what's going on until we bring the issue mm -hmm. to them. And if you want to change it, you need to bring the issue intelligently, do your homework, do your research. But guess what? The common people won. They absolutely won, and nobody could believe it because yeah. it was all about letting them know it was okay. Give yourself permission to do this because you got it. And they did. So, they did. It, okay. it, yeah, the message there, yeah, I was going to say the message there is like um, find something, when you find something that means something to you, find, you know, build your coalition. Find other people yep. that resonate with that and that want, that want the same things that you do. And it's really, it's, it's all about what we want and not, not, not what we don't want. We want, to, we want to go for what we want. And, you know, you know, in a positive way. And I'm going to be doing, you know, undergoing kind of the same thing. I think in my community, we've got um, a referendum that just um, passed for building two new elementary schools. And I know what I want and I know what I don't want. I want safe tech in those schools. I don't want a lot of wireless stuff, but I want safe mm -hmm. technology um, for those, for the kids because their brains are still developing and you get too much of the wrong kind of technology um, or, or the, um, 
what do you call that, the uh, radioactive frequencies, it's not healthy for them. So that's number one. Right. Number two is getting some outdoor classroom spaces so we can get our kids outdoors a lot more and out in nature because I think that there's, that's really super important. Um, so that's, you know, with these new schools, a lot of places there's new, I think there's, um, I want to say six communities that got um, money now to build new schools in, in Rhode Island. And wow. I want to see people, I want to see the communities really take ownership of that process and of those schools so that we make sure that they are the best and the healthiest kinds of spaces for our kids to be learning in, right? Wow, so, that's amazing. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. Good luck yeah. with that. <laughs> no, thanks. Thanks. But I think, you know, people, we all have different things that we want or that really resonate with our hearts and we need to connect with other people who are on that, you know, also on that same journey so we can band together um, and really go after our, whether it's our town officials, our state officials, even at a federal level, we need, to, we need you know, power in numbers and power, the power of agency also, just really giving ourselves permission and speaking our minds and um, enforcing the change through, Right, you know. and, and, people, and people need to remember and, and this is what we we all forget this is that we vote for them they work yeah. for us we don't work for them they work for us period but it's not enough right? to vote you you've got to you've got to once you vote those people in you got to you got to hold their feet to the flame <laughs> yes you do really absolutely do. you do some of them need it <laughs> some of them need it so, okay, we've covered a lot today. Thank you so much, Pam. Um, we're going to kind of wrap up here now. Um, okay. But I want to thank you for, yeah, for sharing your, your stories and your wisdom and your experience. This is fantastic. Um, listeners, if you'd like to learn more about Pam and her work, I'm going to provide some valuable resource links related to today's show on our Dream Vision 7 Radio Network podcast page for this particular episode. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family. Please help us grow our community of listeners and difference makers so we can work together to build a better world. All the Story Walking podcasts are free online. Go to storywalking.com website and learn more. Um, the Story Walking Radio Hour airs on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Listen online or on your mobile device anywhere, anytime, while you're out walking or gardening, while you're inside preparing dinner or sipping a warm cup of tea. Um, and gosh, Pam, any last last quick words for our listeners? Um, well, listen, you want something, take responsibility and go get it. And if you need yeah. any help, feel, feel free to contact myself or Wendy. We're happy Absolutely. to... Uh, put ourselves out there and uh, give you guidance. Absolutely. We're, all, we're earth angels here. Here we go. <laughs> Dear listeners, <laughs> I want to thank you for joining us here today on the Story Walking Radio. I'm your host, Wendy Nanny Fashon, with our guest, Pam Padalano, and we wish you all the very best as we walk out of darkness and into a brighter, healthier, happier world. Once again, the Story Walking Radio Hour has covered a lot of ground. Please join Wendy Natternifa Sean next time for a new edition of the Story Walking Radio Hour. This show airs every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Listen live on DreamVision7Radio.com, where you can also access archives of previous Story Walking Radio Hour episodes. Find them under the Sustainable Living section. And visit the StoryWalking.com website, where you can contact Wendy to learn more about the practice of storywalking. 
This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. (laughs) 